Hey, it's the Craggy Rookie Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. Connacht have beaten Gloucester and I'm going to get the score right. 27-24. It all got so frantic at the end, I nearly lost track. On this week's podcast, from the stand, on a Saturday afternoon, because my God, there's still a lot of the day left. Dave Finn, welcome along. It's daylight and we've, we've been finished for an hour. It's strange. It's very strange. You know what else is strange, William? We were 11 points down with four minutes to go and we won. Yep, I'd be interested to know the last time Connacht did that. I, I maybe they've never done that. I'll tell you what, it was an interprovincial against Leinster, and I think Mike Ruddock was coaching Leinster. The old stand was across the way. I think it was 2000. We scored three tries in about 10 minutes. Well, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, Sorry, this was amazing as well, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I thought it was a very stuttering performance by Connacht, and I think they will, when they do their analysis, will, ex- will probably say that to themselves. But a win is a win is a win. You cannot... Wins cover up a multitude, but it was a bit lucky. You're not going to get away with doing that very often, but when you do it, it's great. Alan Deegan, I was kind of watching Ulster last night and I watched him a bit last week and I saw Dan McFarland's reaction to last week's win and he knew they got out of jail. And this was us getting out of jail and that's what you have to do in this competition. And you wouldn't know where this could lead against Munster next week. Maybe one of our best performances, who knows? Exactly. You know, you're, Welcome you're, along, by the way. Yes, hi, Rob. You're looking at 10, 11 minutes to go. Nobody in the clan stand believed that Connacht were going to win the game. You could feel people, people started to leave. We won't mention Munch, but people started to leave. Um, oh, harsh. <laughs> if there's any consolation to him, I was in the commentary booth going, well, these last two games in Europe now could be an opportunity to arrest a few players. So, yeah. I know, and I know he had a good reason to leave, but that's not the point. Um, but yeah, like the, yeah. the Connacht were out. Yeah, well, <laughs> but the belief that appeared on the field... You could see all of a sudden there was a there was a belief from the yellow the field. There was a, maybe a bit of that, but it was just they, they were still playing positive rugby. They were still trying things. They were still they actually started to play better rugby. They maybe played the game more like that earlier on in the game, but they played more rugby. And then they came into the stand, and then it bounced straight back out again. And it was just incredible to see them doing it. I think losing Gloucester, losing their captain, had a big impact because they lost a bit of leadership. Um, and they had their four try bonus, and they sort of switched off a little bit on that front. Oh, but Connacht so, yeah. had to do it. Yeah, it yeah. was incredible. When belief, all about self belief, something Connacht now have that we didn't have for an awful long time. Right, gotta go. Oh, William, before we go to the match. Yeah, I, I just follow up on that, but I think the frustration is that they they really started to play, chase the game, and work hard when they almost knew that it was gone, and that's uh, that'll frustrate. That should frustrate them. They should be asking themselves really hard questions why they didn't play like that at different times in the game. They put pace on the ball and they, re- they just had to go for it. It was almost like they waited until they were 70, 80% of falling off the cliff and then they managed to pull themselves back on. So if, if you can turn that into a positive, this is a really big result, especially with the likes of Munster coming. Oh, I think they will turn it into a positive. But yeah, 13-12, they were in control loose pass and just brilliance from Gloucester those last two tries from Gloucester were glorious Dave the finish for the third try is superb but we gifted it to them we gifted we've, we, over two games you cannot gift, it, gift the team that with, with that quality of player especially what they could bring off the bench even if Cipriani had a cold and couldn't start um, so we threw them in intercept pass and it was so he just oh for God the second second the second second tries an intercept pass after what happened last week which turned the game yeah. but they scored they scored lovely tries we kept dropping the ball over the line I mean it, we should never have been in the position where we were behind 
And Gloucester should never have allowed us to come back into it. It's a very strange game. I think both teams will take positives from it, but they've an awful lot of negatives from it as well. You don't often see uh, three tries to four uh, being enough to win, but it was today. Connacht have come out on top. Here is the story of the game through the eyes and voices of uh, William and Alan and myself in the commentary booth with Joe Healy. OK, William, it's 20 to 1 on a Saturday and we're in the packed clan. It's fairly well full. It's not as full as it could be. But Heineken Cup Rugby, we have to win. Yeah, it's very simple for Connacht. It's must-win game. Lose this and uh, there's there's no more route to anything further in Europe. Very disappointing if they went out in round four because they worked so hard to get in to this competition. Uh, it's a hard one to read. I'm not sure where Gloucester's heads is either. I think last week was more about them just winning a game, a home game, because they were on a bad run. Connacht are just going to have to up their accuracy today and really go for it. And I think, they, I think they'll come out on top here. I hope so. I'm not quite as sure as you are. But um, we'll talk again in 20 minutes and we'll know a bit more. Good carry from Bundiaki, but into contact. Lots of Gloucester bodies in the way. And Connacht have the advantage because Gloucester offside. That's a tackle around the shoulder on Blade. The crowd are going to get on the referee's back a little bit on those two incidents as Connacht are trying to keep things moving. That said, Connacht have the advantage. Outside to 22, promising from the home side. Back to Jack Cardi. He's going to try a kick through. Lee Adiolokin's chasing onto this. If it bounces nicely, it almost did. He's knocked it on. The second bounce just was away from him. Oh, that was clever from Carty who come into the line from fullback. Back we go for the penalty. Here is the kick. It's just outside the 22, slightly to the right of the post. Left-footed Conor Fitzgerald gets the applause from behind the post from the Connacht fans. And Connacht have the opening score of the game. 14 and a half minutes gone. Connacht 3, Gloucester 0. OK, William. <laughs> we think it's 20 minutes gone, but the, um, the TSO clocks aren't working. But Connacht do lead 3 points nil. Yeah, it's a funny game. There isn't much shape to it, really. Connacht have Neadia Logan's gone off. They've been doing OK, Connacht, but... Uh, Again, with the position and the possession, they're a bit like last week. They're they're just not getting the scores, and um, Gloucester looked fairly competent in defence, but it really hasn't it hasn't started yet. No, it certainly hasn't. And Connacht survived the sin bin of Owen McKeown for a silly mistake and let scored the three points in the sin bin. So we have the wind. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. We'll talk again at half time. They brought on Franco Murray. They've taken off a back. I'll confirm who it is that's gone off in a second. But Connacht have the extra man. They will see what they can get out of the scrum. A steady ball is good enough. Boyle takes it away. Daly's running onto this, but he doesn't need it because Boyle has gone towards the line. They've cleaned him out really well. Uh, above it, Connacht seek and they scamper over. They're only an inch from the line. They're over the line. They need to recycle the ball because they're being held up. Will they recycle the ball? They do. What's the option? Looks like uh, Robertson McCoy is in around the fringe there. Connacht are doing the best to just try and touch it off the base of the post, perhaps. That's how close they are. They go to to the left they get over they have I think scored referee couldn't see he was on the wrong side crowd behind the goal are pretty confident they have held up says well he's saying time out for a second and he's going to have a look to see if it was a try are they going to say there's an arm underneath when it's a try yes or no they can never know but the decision has been made it is a try for Connacht their domination certainly warranted it half time William Connacht lead 10 points to 7 but it's not looking good yeah, this game scores last week. Strangely unengaging first half. It's a lot of little errors. There wasn't much happening in that game. Connacht had a lot of uh, possession and they had a lot of uh, field position, but they're just not asking enough questions at Gloucester, who are playing into a significant win. So it's really, it's really going to be if 
Connacht can, can up it in the second half and what Gloucester do with the wind. Still a hard one to call, but uh, Connacht will be a bit frustrated with that. I think they will. We'll talk again on 60 Minutes. Getting away with it that time as the ball comes back from Barley. Kick downfield. Connacht in position in, in the shape of Jack Carty. Carty's going to counter with a kick back into the Gloucester half. This could bounce anywhere. Underneath it is Grobler, the second row. Oh my word, did he take that well. Oh, Carty's tackle on him though was superb as well. Gloucester play it quickly, which is wise because there was something on out there. The ball bounces before it gets into the hands of the man. And Gloucester have got the break out in the wing. Carty scampering back to make the tackle. Blade makes the tackle as well, but that was superb from Torley, the danger man on the left wing. Connacht on the wrong side. This is brilliant from Gloucester. Every Everything's going their way in the second half now. Connacht have come through on the ball. They've turned it over. Let's see what the referee's saying. Surely he signalled a penalty a few seconds ago. No, he didn't. Connacht have got away with one. Ball is intercepted. And Atkinson has scored a try anyways. Chaos here in the last couple of seconds. Connacht have thrown the ball away. And Gloucester have got the try. Just like last week. In around the exact same time. It's an intercept that has turned the tide. And Connacht's Champions Cup hopes are on the line. 60 minutes gone. Connacht are back in front, William. Yeah, and you feel now that the game is almost now just starting for the last 20 minutes. Um, that, that is for an offside against Gloucester that the crowd have been calling for the whole game. Yeah, the kickoff. Um, it's been a strange 20 minutes again. Connacht had a couple of chances, didn't convert, and we've had an intercept try for Gloucester. But the game really starts now. It's a bit like last week, and it's, it's up now to Connacht to see can they control the last 20 minutes, can they get the scores. The wind has dropped, so it's not as big an issue. Still well in this game, but it's, uh, it's going to be a tight old tussle. It certainly is. Let's hope we'll be having some good news at the end of this match. We'll talk again in full time. And it goes. The carry. Really good work from Butler. Kearns. Gets his, that's a flat pass to Delahunt. Delahunt charges forward. Gloucester fans will want a forward pass there. Great clear out from Beelham there on the uh, Gloucester defender. Gloucester were clearly offside. Aki holds off the tackle and Aki gets through the gap. Bundy Aki's making a break up towards the 22. Gloucester on their feet over the ball. Have they got the turnover? Almost. Out it comes from Kearns to Delahunt. Connector outside the 22 and the chance is on. 80 minutes on the clock. Next play will decide it. Fitzgerald they'll go through the phases and see what they can do Murray the second row for Connacht good clean out from Beelham out it comes from Fitzgerald Fitzgerald back inside to Kyle Godwin good call from Connacht they're outside the 22 but only a metre outside it could be on here chance for Daly there's numbers Daly couldn't get away he does get it away Copeland Copeland's going to score in injury time Connacht have won unbelievable that's a fantastic piece of play out of Connacht Absolutely tremendous all the way down the field. Copeland prominent in all the moves. I think he's having a look. He's given a TMO. TMO situation. There's never enough drama in this game, is there, Joe? (laughs) I'm not sure what he's checking, to be honest. Forward pass, perhaps. Gloucester were just desperately claiming something. Let's have a look and see if we can see. Ball was popped up from the ground. Was it forward when it was popped up? It was daily off the ground to Copeland. Yeah, and uh, we'll see now. What a moment for Robin Copeland. He's had a troubled time trying to get fit, trying to get a break. Here we go. Oh, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. We're going to get a look on the big screen. He goes to ground. He pops it up. Nothing wrong with that. That looks wow. fine. That looks absolutely fine. Two tries in a few minutes. Roman Poit will decide this. Last look at it. Nothing wrong with it. From our angle, Jared Butler's happy. We still need a decision, though. 
Our Connacht Champions Cup hopes going to be still alive in a couple of seconds. Long chat from Roman Prod. Try for Connacht. They've won. I do not believe it. Okay, William. What a finish. Connacht have learnt not to lose games at last. Yeah, that was just spectacular stuff. It was do or die. And they did it. And uh, look, the reception they've just had. It's a monkey off their back against this team in particular. They must be able to kick on from that because they were dead and buried there. But the substitutes for Connacht worked better than the substitutes for Gloucester. And I think Gloucester thought they had it won when they went uh, two scores up. But Connacht just dug deep they knew they had to keep going and what an end absolutely the place was buzzing and Europe is still alive it's uh, it's a bit tenuous but it is still alive they've got 8 points there's a possible 10 points available in the next 2 games if they can do that here against uh, Gloucester they can do it here against Toulouse they certainly can another win against another win at home in Championship Cup Rugby that's, that's five games in a row now they've won in Champions Cup Rugby uh, at home so they'll be looking to make it six and keep their chances alive for the trip to Montpellier yeah absolutely and that's all you could hope for out of today but I mean 73-74 minutes that was gone but you got to play for 80 they were accused last week of not playing beyond 60 well today they played for the entire, entire 80 minutes and as you can see there's just a sense here of uh, elation among the fan base uh, it'll be packed for Munster, but let's get let's get this place packed for Toulouse now. Exactly. Okay. Next voice you hear will be Rob. Right, Andy. Uh, usually we talk to you first, so you've had a little bit of time to kind of just breathe. How's the heart rate after that? Yeah, it's fine, mate. It was uh, it was pretty exciting, wasn't it, at the end there? But really pleased that the boys managed to hold on to that footy and, and get the try. It was a pretty special try, actually. Moments like that are really character-building moments, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, we, we've seen a couple of those this year now with the with the Cheetahs game as well, and us holding out against Montpellier. There's been you know that one too, and um, there's a lot of character in this side. Um, there's a lot of belief in this side. It's just nice when you see that get rewarded. Do you know in the commentary in the lead up to the first try of those two at the end, I was actually going through some of the players, and each time a player had the ball, I was like, well, he played well, and he's had a good game. Mm. There was a lot of individual good displays, despite the fact that you were trailing by eleven. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. There's some really good moments there, and then we just released the pressure way too easily. And it, you know, for me, um, I thought their first try looked. Uh, it was. It was just felt like an easy score. Um, I felt like we had to work so hard for our tries. I thought their second try and and probably even their third try were just brilliant bits of play. Like you know, and hats off to Gloucester for that. There, there was some incredible rugby played there. Um, so. Uh, you know, but but I just felt again. Um, actually, the second try was the intercept. The third and fourth try were the, were the two that I thought were really good. But you just get frustrated when you see the blokes working so hard, and when we when we do leak, we leak pretty easy. Yeah, just on that, and you're going through their tries because they got it. They certainly got the edge at times from a conic perspective. But you still probably would have come away if it had finished in an eleven point defeat. I, I'd imagine you would have been very angry in the dressing room. Like. Yeah, I would have been filthy. Mm. I was. You know, I was. I was because again, you're just looking at it and you're thinking, how can we, how can we be putting so much pressure on, and then it just releases so easily, mm. and then we just seem not to, yeah, you know, well, the opposition just seem to, you know, be able to take that turnover of possession 
or um, a penalty and, and just really damage us. So, um, but, but in the end, you know, we, we will address that, no doubt, because the wind doesn't mask that. We've still got to look at that. And we did talk about it briefly down there saying, fellas, if we could just look after that ball a little bit better mm. um, and if we do turn it over, if we, can, if we could just nullify the damage done there, we're going to be a really, really tough team to beat. You've made a lot of headlines now. People are going to just sit up and say, wow, Connacht have a lot of pressure there. Three rookies on the pitch, if you like. I know Fitzgerald is coming on so fast, but it is his first full season. Kearns, uh, Murray as well, as you said. Like that says, That's a statement in itself, isn't it? Yeah, we've got some brilliant young fellows coming through the academy, you know, and that's that's a compliment to Eric Elwood and and, and Mossy and um, and Ambrose and, and Colin Tucker. Those boys are doing really well down there. Um, you know, we had an Eagles game yesterday, so we saw some more talent coming through. We've got a, a lot of good young players coming through the, the hot house at the moment. So, um, you know, I, 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 all, I believe the best clubs are built on the academy, and you've got to. I say you've got to grow your own vegetables. We've got a great vegetable patch and. Um, we've got to keep believing in these guys. Yeah, Niall Murray, um, Stevie Kearns, both both Connacht men. Um, yeah, they're going great, and, and they and they stood up there today. It was great. It was an amazing finish. You're still in the competition now. Uh, I know you're saying you need two bonus point wins probably to give yourselves the best chance. Certainly need one bonus point based on history. And a 17 has worked before, so at least you're in it. At least you're still there. Yeah. See, I'm not fully aware of all of that, yeah. but. Um, I would have thought at the front end, 19 would probably get you in. Uh, and that's why heading into today, I had in my head, listen, if we can get three bonus point wins, then we're a chance. Um, with about 10 to go, you're thinking, let's just get a, try, and, try and get another score and stay within a, you know, get one more score if we can. But uh, we sit in now and we've we got four points in the win, which is good. Um, sort of springboards us into next week into Munster, which is, uh, which is going to be a tough one there in our, our pool in the Pro 14. Um, so that's really important. Then into Ulster, then to Leinster, and then we head back into Champions Cup with Toulouse and Montpellier. So uh, it's a tough old Christmas period, but um, I know we'll rise to the challenge. All right, Tom, it's only been, it's only been about 20 minutes. Make sense of that amazing win. Jesus, um, yeah, we seem to make it hard for ourselves a lot of the time, but uh, I think it makes for good viewing for the supporters. But um, obviously we're delighted with that win. Um, I think with 10 minutes to go when we were 10 points down, JB just brought us in and said, listen, just 10 minutes here. We know we're good enough to do this. Let's stick to our systems. And Shane Delahunt went over for a try, and we just kicked on from there. Bundy made it a made an important break, and Kopi went in under the six. It was kind of surreal at the time, but a really, really enjoyable win. Connick fans will be watching it back maybe 10, 12 times this week. But that from the restart after Delahunt's try, you played a part in that, and then everything that followed. It's it's great rugby from Connick to retain possession so well and see the try out. Yeah, I think that's what that's what Connor Fitzgerald is kind of driving. Let's just hold the ball. We did hold the ball for long periods in that game and I think we kind of just forced things maybe when we get into the 22 and a couple of knock-ons and silly um, silly individual errors. But um, just when we look after the ball and we stick to our systems, we seem to cause a lot of teams trouble. So I think it's just important we continue to do that. And you saw in the last 10 minutes when we do do, do that, it, it, causes, it causes top premiership teams trouble. It's really important in the context of the Pro 14 to be to win a game like this, just to bounce into that monster game in good spirits, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. We could have been going in on the back of maybe four performance like I know we beat the Kings a couple of weeks ago but the performance wasn't really there we lost it to lose we lost to Gloucester we wouldn't want to be going in on, 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 on after them performances so this win will give us a really really good kickstart into next week the mood will be good next week and that's important because Munster are obviously conference rivals for us so um, we'll look forward to that one when it comes Were you worried when that went to Timo at the end? No, nah, I knew it was backwards. You knew it was fine. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Actually, it was a delight to see Kopi go in. He's been had a tough time through injuries over the last few months, mm. but it's really, really good to see him 
and he played a big part before that as well with a line break down the edge. So um, I was delighted for Kopi to get in and it was just, a, just an amazing experience that game. Little bit from Johan Ackerman again, his perspective on the game. Yeah, I think, Andrew, I think it was a brave display and, you know, it's a tough place to come to. So, first of all, I am proud of the players and the effort that they've put in there and uh, and then obviously put ourselves in a position to win the game. But, um, you know, first credit must go to Connor um, for for scoring two tries when they needed it and especially the last one I felt was, was quite special, the way they held onto the ball and... We probably panicked a bit if you look at how good our defence was for the whole game and then suddenly we were, we were tight in our defence, we, we missed a few tackles and, and they got the try that they need to win the game. Saying that, you know, I, I felt we didn't use the conditions as well as we could, especially when we had the lead because it, it's a tough win that goes into the corner and we didn't. We played for a lot of time in our half and um, then there was three crucial penalties that I felt, the one on Oli Thorley. You know, we could have obviously would have played in this corner. They got a penalty to, to go out, and then the the um, yellow card, and then the penalty against Jamal um, at the lineout. So it, our discipline was obviously a big thing. And then there was crucial lineouts and um, and decisions that we didn't use when we had opportunity to to build the pressure on them. So you know, um, we still played some good rugby, I'm proud of that, there's still a lot of positives, but saying that, you know, to compete at, in Europe at this level and going forward, um, our, that, that moments where we almost like just lose concentration, we have to limit that and then our discipline. You know, yes, it would have helped to win and get another three points instead of two points, but I don't know what the result is with, with Toulouse or when they play, but at the end of the day, it's still up to them, you know, they, they've got everything and they control we we can just focus on what we can do now and um, you know it's a it's still a privilege to be part of this competition it's still a privilege to coach these players and and to be involved with a, a great game we just saw the the highs and the lows of this game one at one moment we were you know smiling and the next moment uh, Connor is smiling and that's the beauty of this game and the reality is um, you know we can't Sulk too long. There's a next challenge, and that's the nice thing about the the, the rugby. The you, you can't you know go negative. Life will throw you those punches, and you just have to get up and and go on with it. And we're back here in the stand to kind of survey this scene. First and foremost, we're, we'll start with Dave. We're still alive, Dave. I mean, 17 points. That's a, a win, two wins and one bonus point. It's been enough in two of the last five years. 18 points is the maximum we can get. That's been enough in three of the last five years. So, look, leaving aside all the other complicated permutations between who finishes second and so on and so forth, still alive. Take that. Oh yeah, take you take that. You take the win going into the three games coming up. You then take the fact you're still alive in the competition. There'd be nothing worse than knowing with two games of competition to go that you have absolutely no way of progressing. So the Toulouse game, in terms of both what the guys on the pitch can do, and more, and also in terms of getting a crowd in to bolster the people. I, I think that game's been played at quarter past three. I think you'll see there'll be a bigger crowd. I thought the crowd today. I agree with I agree with Alan. I think the crowd kind of drifted out of it after after forty after fifty sixty minutes um, and. Fair play to the players. It is a symbiotic relationship, and for once, it was the players who fed the crowd. And I agree with that. Um, in terms of 
in terms of the next game. Yeah, it means to lose his life. And can you imagine if we bet to lose? That means Montpellier's life. The only problem with that game, it's the last game. So by the time we go on the pitch, we'll know. But if we're going to Montpellier with a chance of still progressing, that's really good. Yeah, we take that. Five wins in a row at home now. And I suppose the last two of the last Champions Cups, we had Zebra in our group. So we had a tendency to take it to at least the fifth round, if not the sixth round. It would have been awful if you'd be going through two meaningless games. We're not going to do that, at least on the next one anyway. No, certainly not. Like the last team to beat us in the Champions Cup at home were to lose, but that was back in 2013 and a lot has changed since then. Um, yeah, they've just gone in at halftime, uh, a point ahead of Montpellier in Montpellier. Um, so they could be coming here with not much to have to play for because well, they'll have won the group. You'll know at home, listeners, how that panned out. We have a game to dissect as best we can for a couple of minutes. William, I guess overall, I was saying it to Andy Friend there, people have heard it, he would have been pretty angry had they lost that game despite the fact that they've just rescued it from the debt yeah I think they'd be very frustrated with the performance at times there's a a bluntness to the attack on occasions he he said in the press conference there that they they attacked a little bit better today and certainly in the second half they got a bit cleverer in in, in the way they drove through the ball Mm. and they asked different questions of Gloucester's defence and Gloucester struggled a little bit more but there was still something a bit flat and a bit pedestrian about it at times it just didn't get it just wasn't quick enough and Gloucester were just going across and making the tackles but uh, I think the fact that they, they did keep going and there was some really good skills Tom Daly the skill to, to, to keep recycling that ball the way they did it and then Tom Daly little offload on the ground Robin Copeland is there that's the sort of stuff you want to see uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you need it that somebody's there the guy's in the right place and I don't know, what did they go through? 11, 12, 13 phases on that last one. That takes skill and belief. And I suppose there is a, the pressure drops a little bit because I suppose in some ways you know if you don't get this done, well, the referee's going to blow his whistle. Yeah, so just it, go for it, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and was John Muldoon not saying that to you last week, that it's a, it's a trait of the Pro 14 teams go for it with a little bit more kind of... Um, you know, enthusiasm and and danger is not as high as it is in the Premiership. Yeah, the, the way he sort of phrased it when I was talking to him was that the, the English teams just keep playing their system, 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 system. Yeah. Whereas it became a bit freestyle there a couple of times for Connor, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But at the end, when the belief was in and they had to do it, they got it done. And that's what you have to take out of the game. And look, it's a steel win and you, you need those occasionally. Tom Daly had an assist. He had a brilliant take on the restart, which set it all going. He certainly did. And the other player that, that made a, an impact for me from the bench was Stephen Kearns because Ooh, yeah, of yeah. speed of pass. Suddenly the outside backs had half a metre. So it looked like that Gloucester were offside all day. Certainly the clan, fans, <laughs> clan stand yeah, thought they were. They were, yeah. Um, but there, there was a... a there are you, was are you saying that like... ...to the pass that Stephen has. More than Blade? Yes. He's, got, he's got a better pass. There's no question. And that, that, yeah, and uh, it's a bit like you know. For me, Blade had a very good game. It was brilliant defensively. You're contrasting that attacking element that he brings to it. Because just on speed of pass, because it's all about that half second. Mm. It's not about getting four or five seconds. It's mm. half a second. You get half a second, you then dominate the contacts. So Connacht had been doing relatively well in the contact, but once Karen's come on, the contacts start to be dominated by Connacht more and more as the game went on. Dave, do you know who was dominating the contacts when he came on? Finley Beelham. And do you know who dominated the contacts before he went off? Dominic Robertson-McCoy. I thought the forwards all had some really good carries. Robertson-McCoy was brilliant, I thought. Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, to be fair, I thought it was a forwards battle. I think where Connacht were, where Connacht were, 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 were problematic was they didn't, because it, 
it was a strange game. Conte never go with a 6-2 spit on the bench. So you knew it was going to be a forward battle. And then Cipriani drops out and they bring on another back row. So it's going to be a forward battle. And I thought in the first half we got completely sucked into just doing that. And I thought there were two or three times, especially at the very end, and you compare it to what happened at the end of the second half. At the end of the first half, we are over the line. But we had a chance to, sp- to spin it. Godwin is basically one-on-one with 12 trees. And we, moved took, that ball. We, took it, we took it in again and we got held up over the line. And then for some reason, Roman Pot decides not to blow half-time, even though we should have, and then eventually comes around to it. Um, yeah, I think, the, I think Finley will kill himself for deciding that, he, that it was more important to run over Joe Simpson than to hold on to the that ball. That's brilliant but from Simpson. To be fair, it's a long time since we've had... The tight head has been able to make that take that line and with that amount of speed. So yeah, and Robertson McCoy compared to where he was two three years ago, he's a different player, and that's great work's gone into him with Jimmy and, and the lads. Loads of good performance. I thought Dave Heffernan carried very very well. William Alton Delan had fourteen tackles in the first half. I don't know what he finished with, but fourteen and a half is pretty good. Yeah, the, there was individual performance like that all stood out. Mm. So I suppose that. Uh, if they can pull that a little bit more together into the team. Yeah, it's and funny because I was saying in the commentary in the lead up to this, the, the first of the last two tries, I was going through a few players and I was like, a couple of, he's had a good game, he's had a good game. And I was kind of went to Joe. There's been a lot of individual performances that are good despite the fact that Connacht were losing. Yeah. And it turned around. And I suppose, uh, you know, the players are mixing and matching. I thought Jack Carty had an interesting game at fullback. Um, I think he, he. Expand on that. Well. I think he, he looked a little bit lost at times, but then a couple of times he came in and did really good things, put a couple of good kicks in. It's very interesting. Caelan Blade was giving him a lot of help about position a couple of times, and that's what you'd expect because he hasn't played there. Um, and Conor Fitzgerald at 10. But basically, it was a steal, and that's the only way they can look at it. But they're still alive in the competition. Yeah, but that's what Munster did for years, and everyone thought they were fantastic. Uh, to me, that's brilliant. That's that's what we've been looking for for a long time. Yeah. You take whatever win, whatever way you get it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You take those wins. Munster did it. Was, wasn't that the miracle match they called against yeah, Gloucester? Against Gloucester. Same sort of thing. They they scored tries. So long ago now, some of our listeners won't even remember it. It's depressing, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think it was 32-8 in the end. They had to score X number of tries and X number of points. I mean, maybe to do it against against the side that's actually come here and still played to win the game and still go away with two points and are still ahead of Connacht in the table, whatever whatever way you look yeah, at it. Yeah, we're just presuming they'll lose away to Toulouse, which is why we feel Connacht have the advantage on them now. But anyways, that's, that's not guaranteed. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's it's not, but I I get the impression that deep down they're they're and away you heard Ackerman there yeah. he's, he's not feeling like they're still in it, but they're going to give it a crack. Yeah, look, an away quarter final is of no interest to an English side in April. And it could be enormous for Connacht. Yes, It'd it's a completely different prize on offer. Connacht would take an away quarter final anywhere, anytime in against Paris. against anybody. Racing. In that fabulous stadium. It'd be warmer than his clan terraces, right? Close, now. nearly as good as our stadium, but you know. <laughs> to be fair, the way our season's going, it'll be the RDS. Um, or the Aviva. The Aviva. Um, I think it's heavy, mighty. Anyways, my God, are we stretching here. <laughs> I, think, I think what you have to point out is that Gloucester won't get through because. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this about a coach trained by a South African with a South African World Cup winning lock in it. They have huge problems at line out, and that's why. I, that's why. What was going on there? Was that brilliant from Connacht or shambolic from Gloucester? It's Connacht have the best defensive line out in the Pro 14, and they've shown it again today. They have a fantastic line out. Doesn't matter who's in the second row. Wow. Yeah, Maximu and Delan did a good job. We average, we average stealing three game, three line outs a game. Average. So here's one for you. You're like we're all huge fans of uh, Connacht's back row, but I just you know Jared Butler at seven. He he really was brilliant again today. I just think it's his best position. 
Well, that's why we bought him for. When he came play first, his first season was, I think, nearly, I think he only had one game we didn't play at seven. That's, that was his position. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought I thought Paul Boyle had a pretty decent Great game at eight as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and you see, now we've gone through the whole team and, we've, and basically everybody had a good game. Yeah, McKeown was good. <laughs> <laughs> Peter McCabe did well in the first half. Yeah, you we see, did win. We did win. <laughs> see, that's the whole point. It's, it's, it's slightly hard to just take the performance as an overall when you actually look at individual aspects at times were really, really good. But there was just certain bits around the edge that will frustrate them. But they can improve on all that. But I actually think beating this team particularly to know you know it would have been another loss to Gloucester and I think another home win they want to turn this place into a fortress and next Saturday the place is going to be boiling come oh, quarter wow. past five all right just before we finish we've got to talk about Munster 6,700 not enough William I don't know what they're going to do but I'm going to say ticket prices and we need to look at them I know everyone's going to say kickoff time 12.45 I know they're going to say time of year still though you've got to get the crowd full it only needed another 1,300 to do that yeah, look, it's 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 an issue for them. I think it's something they'll. It'll be interesting to see the Toulouse game will kick off at quarter past three, which I think is a far better kickoff time Saturday afternoon. More attractive opposition. Sorry, Gloucester, you are absolutely to all of us fantastic as a club, but Toulouse will just bring in the kind of stragglers who mightn't really get how how great Gloucester are. Yeah, and I suppose you've also got the issue. I mean, look, people have to, you know, the, the, Munster just has a history about it and it's right on top of Christmas and everybody's finished their Christmas shop and had their Christmas party, got their Christmas wages in their pocket and they're just maybe a bit more ready to come out and party. So 12 or 14 of them from down south that might come up. Yeah, it was a good crowd from here from Gloucester today. I'd yeah, say there was... 500, 500 I'd say. And I'd say Munster bring about 1,500 though. Uh, I'm not. I'm never completely convinced about Munster and their travelling fan Ooh. fan base here. We'll we, we'll see how many turn up. Oh, he's uh, went for it. Well, I'm not because I look around me. Hello and, to all our Munster fans. <laughs> um, but we'll see how many turn up next Saturday. They they might already have that one down as an away win and uh, move on for the for their home games. Um, what what do you reckon, Alan? Attendance? No, a quarter to quarter to one. Champions Cup though. It's the biggest shopping day of the year. I know, it's Champions Cup though. But it's the biggest shopping day of the year. It's 32 euro in. It's the biggest shopping day of the year. I think you're giving them too much, uh, letting them off too much. Dave? Oh no, I think Connex Rugby for ticket prices for starters. And maybe, maybe there's more we can do to just get people in. I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, I think if the game was kicking off a quarter past five, you'd have had another thousand. Yeah. I don't know. And also the second person, second group, as we've said before, equally, fans, one or two probably need to get off their bums. Look, don't go shopping, sport conic, then go shopping, Dave. Yeah, uh, there's. I think the. Fr- uh, yeah, you've you've talked a lot and not said very much. I'm with uh, I'm with Will. Uh, I think I think it's a combination of everything. I think take a, I think I think I think I might be wrong, but I actually have said a lot there. Um, I think I think it's a combination. Yes, actually, you are. To be fair, you you are. I think thirty-two quid on a day like today. It's the combination of the day, the time, and the ticket price, and all things. Some people have, have weighed weighed it all up. And they'd rather get for some people get the shopping out of the way and then go for a cheap for for a lesser ticket price next week where it's going to be much more crowded. Also, to be fair, they st- they've really been pushing. Ne- they pushed next week a bit more than they pushed today. I mean, they've got this thing with the with the world record with the Hivers jackets. It is monster. They've been bigging up the three games at Christmas. Um, and this one kind of got, I'm not saying it got overlooked, but it kind of wasn't as pushed as heavily as that game. So I think there will be a bigger crowd. Uh, everything. Yeah, I definitely think quarter to one is just bizarre, and that wasn't that was to be fair, that wasn't Connacht, that was entirely BT. Look, I get that. I just want to make sure we talk about these things. We might be, I might be completely wrong, but I just, I think we can, we can just push ourselves, even if I am wrong. We can aim higher. Not fair enough, Alan. 
I think so. I do think the prices are a little bit high, ticket Sometimes, prices, yeah. yeah. Especially at this time of year, people are looking to spend money on friends and relatives and everything for Christmas, so yeah. Are we not? Yeah, what are you buying me? Nothing. <laughs> Carbon neutral on presents. Okay, uh, Munster coming to the sports ground, and yeah, wow, I'm looking forward to this one now a lot more than I would have been set four minutes before the end of this game had they lost to Gloucester. I would have been fairly gloomy now all of a sudden. Glass half full. Yeah, and that, that's what happens with wins, you see. And I, I agree with you. I think um, be a different team. The few players will be swapped back because, you know, they've got three games to think about at Christmas. For to lose, arrive. Only to lose. Um, but, yeah, look, into provincials at Christmas, they have a certain thing about them. And they they get a crowd. They get an excitement. And it is monster. And it's the only home one over Christmas. So it's... It's a very important game. Conference rival too, which Con- makes it the one that's most important. Yeah, it is. You, you, you've, you know, you want to beat your conference rivals, take points off them, and whatever way it works out, Connacht will only have to re- uh, rest two players throughout the Interpros. That's uh, uh, Jack Carty and Bundyaki. Munster will have more to rest. How they set up, where they do it, but it's I have a feeling they might really go for this one because they get the importance of beating us down here and. Storming clear in their conference. I suppose it'll depend on how they get on today. It's three all at half time against Saracen, so you know they'll they'll still be looking at Europe as their bigger bigger aim. No Marmion, no Fienga. Uh. Yeah, Nia Loken, I'd say, is in a bit of bother, and uh, Matty Burke yesterday picked up. Looks like a bit of a bang in the Eagles' defeat to Ulster. So it's just part of the game, I think. There are a few players who are very close to coming back. I'm talking about the likes of Kieran Marmy and Gavin Thornbury, Tiernan O'Hallor and Dara Leader, but they're looking, or uh, Paddy McAllister, looking more towards Ulster. I, I have a feeling that that game in Belfast could also be uh, pretty interesting. But, it, you know, it's hard to bring a pl- player back in. I thought, to be fair today, Owen McKeown, who hasn't played for weeks, was first there, start since the first day of the season. Yeah, and you know, and that was a that was a very difficult day in in uh, the Scarlet. So they'll want to get those players back in, but obviously you're bringing them back into the toughest kind of rugby. So um, yeah, it's it's just just all bubbling nicely. We have to factor into account how strong are the other teams going to be because of this compulsory two week break that all the World Cup players have to have. Mm. We don't know which game they're going to target. Well, if, so the problem with Ulster weren't as badly affected as the World Cup as the other two, so therefore they could pick a really strong. Ulster are going brilliantly. Ulster playing really well, and John Cooney. I think if John Cooney um, is probably the best player in Ireland at this moment in time by some way. Um, but it'd be interesting. It will once decide that this is the game they're going to rest their internationals. I think not. But they can't. You see, they have to rest them for two consecutive weeks. This is the confusion. They and it's it's really tricky. If you don't load up for this game, then you can't just say, "Well, we're resting them for the first game and the third game." Ah, ah. You you have to rest them two so consecutive weeks. So they're definitely so. Which game do you go? Do you go games two and three, or do you games go one and two? But that's the point. And if they rest them for for the first, if they if they rest them for the the second two games, then you're bringing guys in rested for Heineken Cup again. So, so yeah, okay. Even though I thought I understood where we ended up there, I'm not sure where we ended up. All right, as ever, Craggy Rugby on point. Uh, key point is we've won. Everyone's feeling happy. What a night in Galway. F- finally beating Gloucester. How many times did it take us? Seven? That's our seventh attempt. We got there in the end. Got there in the end. Brilliant. Brilliant. What a moment. Last minute, sports ground, French ref, not quite sure of the rules, and Connor score against an English team with a silly, silly try in the last minute. Yeah, but he knows his laws. <laughs> I'm not sure. All right, that's it for us. Lose, cut.
cut it loose Break out or nothing changes Side 